Don't go yet. Great time. Tina, you want to talk to us? I have a big praise report to give about my son. I had um, messaged Sister Shirley a couple weeks ago to pray for him um, because I just had a feeling that something was right. This is my oldest son. He lives up north. And um, I didn't hear from him for days. And I just, I was like, you know what, Lord? You're in control of this child. He's your child. He ended up having a motorcycle accident. Him and his friend was on a motorcycle. He was flown, I don't know how many feet they told me, in the air. Um, he got, his leg is cut from here to here. His friend got all kind of broken ribs. But when the accident happened, I was in my bed laying down praying. I jumped, I never knew I could jump that high. I jumped up and I screamed his name. His name is Pierre. Not knowing what had happened. All I did was I screamed his name. They didn't call me to tell me right away. They didn't tell me until three, four days later. I didn't get upset. I didn't get anything. All I said was, Jesus, Jesus, my prayer to keep my kids away from all danger, from all evil, seen and unseen. And he kept my child. In the name of Jesus, I thank him for that. He kept them. He kept them. He really did. Amen. God's good. Amen. Um, Maybe on Sunday I thought I might call Alicia to testify here because uh, she had uh, until those members and our staff, uh, our staff actually know we had this uh, X-ray of our spine, really really curved. But I, we had discussed and said we don't have to accept that. God can make it straight. So I testimony, she'll probably let her talk about it because I don't know the details. But she says she's healed. And um, I believe we'll hear about that. God's good. Okay, stand up. And I need to wake up. <laughs> yeah. Can you put that on for us? The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season. To him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learn. The Lord God has opened my ear. And I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away. Amen. Tonight, please be seated. It's good to have every one of you. Uh, tonight I want to talk about covenant. You know, we hear a lot about covenants. And you hear a lot about blood covenants. And uh, so I want to talk about covenant. What the title of the message is when God remembers his covenant. When God remembers his covenant. Every time, it's not like God forgets, but the Bible says that God says, I remember. So when God remembers his covenant, what is covenant? First of all, you need to understand that the Bible is replete with covenants. And I believe God still makes covenants with individuals today. He still does. He did it in the Old Testament. So, the scripture is filled with covenants. Different covenants that God has made. The importance of covenants in scripture 
is for us to see, first of all, one, see the big picture. There is a big picture. It helps you to understand the big picture. The covenant will help you. So, believe me, we have the old covenant and then we have the new covenant. These are there to help us see the big picture. But also, it helps us to be able to interpret scriptures accurately. You cannot interpret scriptures accurately with covenant. Now, there are human covenants between people, and then you also have divine covenants between God and man. For example, David had a covenant with Jonathan. That was a covenant that they made. David and Jonathan, the son of Saul. Marriage is a covenant. We talk about this. But then there is divine covenant between God and David. Now, you always hear this, that covenant caught with blood. Not all covenants is caught with blood. Not all of them. However, redemptive covenants are always caught with blood. So please get that understanding. The covenant between David and God, when God made a promise to David about the son, there was no blood. Covenant is actually, um, it's like a, like a contract that is based, the, the focus of covenant is relationship based on promises that should not be broken. And when it's caught with blood, usually that's a redemptive covenant. The covenant between a man and his wife is not caught with blood. Covenant, David and, and um, God, not at the same time. There was no blood involved. God just made a promise. So covenants are based on promises, binding promises that should never be broken. And if it's broken, it goes with, with consequences. So God makes covenant. Now, when God makes a covenant with a person or with people, it's a divine covenant. A divine covenant between men and God. And the goal of the covenant, you can get this, the goal of the covenant is you become God's people and he becomes your God. That's usually the goal of a covenant. You will be my people and I will be your God. And you can see that in scriptures. In Ezekiel 11 verse 20, God makes it very clear that, that they may walk in my statutes. So he's making a covenant with them that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And they shall be my people, always. They shall be my people and I will be their God. In other words, the rest of the world is their God. But this is a different type of relationship. It's a covenant relationship based on promises that God intends to keep. Every one of them. Uh, if you, Jeremiah chapter 31, the scripture here, verse 31, it says, Behold, 
the days are coming. God speaking. The days are coming. And I'm going to say the days are already here. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made. So it's different. Now, God is making a different type of covenant, different from what he did with them. It says, not like the covenant I made with the house of Israel, uh, with, uh, with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the days that I took them by the hand uh, to lead them out of uh, the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke. You see, so it's made of promises. They couldn't keep their own end. So the covenant was not really in force. Because they couldn't keep their own end of the covenant. God meant well. He gave them the laws. But they have their own part to play. They couldn't. They couldn't. We're coming back to that. It's Bible study. My covenant which they broke. Though I was a husband to them. Says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, after those other days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds. It wasn't in their minds. God says, I will. And you have to understand, when God puts his law in your mind, that comes with the ability to do according to the law. So God says, not like that Old Testament law written on stone. No, this is a different kind of covenant that I'm going to make with the people of God. Notice, but this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And after those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. Not on stone. It's always there. And I will be, again, that's the reason, and I will be what? Their God, and they shall be my people. And you can read through the scripture, it's always that. Your, your God, if it's a personal covenant, God's giving you a promise, He's talking to you, that's a covenant. May not be with blood, but He is going to keep His own end. And the purpose is, I am from this day that I'm speaking to you, I am your God, and you are my person. On the earth. Different from everybody else. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. No more shall they tell every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother saying, Know the Lord. You just know God. You know God. I don't have to follow you. I don't have to hound you. You know what is right to do. You know, whenever somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, good luck. Is it okay for me to do this and that? You know what I, what I say? No. No matter what it is, my answer is no. Because I know the Holy Spirit has been hounding them about whatever they are doing. 
and they need my permission to go against the Holy Spirit. And my answer is always no. It's not right. Even if others are doing it for you, it's a covenant between you and God. Just like the Nazarites uh, in, in the Old Testament, um, uh, they couldn't cut their hair, but everybody could. Samson couldn't. But everybody could. He was a relationship, a covenant relationship between Samson and God, different from the people, the rest of the house of Israel. He broke that covenant. Others could cut their hair, but he couldn't. He couldn't. He's personal. And believe me, I, I, I kept, God showed me this recently. God didn't get born again in the New Testament. <laughs> okay. If he hated something in the Old Testament, believe me, he's still the same person. He hates it. He's not going to change. If he was doing some things in the Old Testament, guess what? He is still the same person. He didn't get born again. He's still the same person. He still does things the way, I mean, you don't just change overnight. And he says, I am the Lord. I change not. Hallelujah. If you don't shout out, shout. It's really important for me. <laughs> he didn't get born again. Okay. He says, no one will say to the other, know the Lord. You know him. It's not a question of whether you know him. It's a question of whether you're going to listen. It's a question of whether you will allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. It's, it, that's the issue. You have a covenant relationship with him based on promises. No one will say to the other, know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least. To the greatest among you. And the reason for it is so important. He says, because the only thing that was standing in the way is sin. Their sins will be forgiven. Their sins will be forgiven. And God says, I will remember them no more. Once you have been forgiven your sins, and we have, you have entered into a covenant relationship with God, just like Isaac had. No difference. The way he cared for the children of Abraham, back then, he's still the same God. You entered into a new covenant, different. Even a better covenant with him. In other words, a, a higher level of relationship with him than they had. You can never be forgotten. Never. Because of that relationship. And this relationship is redemptive in nature. Meaning cut with blood. You know, The Old Testament relationship that they had with God, God couldn't do everything he wanted to do because the man's side of the covenant was very shaky. God remained faithful, but man, man couldn't. All God needed, just one man. 
to hold that end for man. And once she could find one man to hold that end for man, then the covenant is in full force. He's holding his own end, and man, that man, I mean Jesus, is taking our place. That's why the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8, I believe verse 2, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son, remember I sin, their sins are going to be forgiven. God sending his own son in the likeness, in human form, it destroyed sin in the flesh. So now, the covenant is in full force. The way God wanted it when he did it in the Old Testament. That's why he said it's not like the Old Testament covenant where the covenant could not be in full force. I know what you're thinking. If it's in full force, why are we not seeing all of those things like we should? Uh, lack of knowledge. One of them will come into that. And we don't want to believe that. We're coming to that. When God remembers his covenant, usually God, if you are going through whatever you're going through, it's usually never from God. Most of it, we cause it because we stepped out of the covenant. We did something and stepped out. And as every time you step out of the covenant, you are no longer under the covering of the covenant. And Satan takes advantage of that and brings you oppression. He brings you oppression. But every time you cry out under the pressure of that oppression, regardless of what the oppression is, whether you caused it or God allowed it, whatever the cause of it, Every time you groan under it, he hears. And then he says, I remember my covenant. This scripture was so important to me. Uh, as I read way back, still read it today because God will do anything to deliver you when you are under his covenant and you are being oppressed. Um, just remember the scripture coming to me. This, uh, think about it. Uh, Acts ten thirty eight. You know the scripture, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Sickness is an oppression from Satan. Doctors can call it whatever they want, but it's whatever it is. It is an oppression from Satan, and the door for Satan to bring that oppression is through sin. So Jesus went about doing that. Now, for the children of Israel, God remembered this covenant when the people cried out, cried out to God. When you are under pressure, and Satan is, you know, after your family, your life, whatever things seem so confusing... It seems to you like God's far away. Every time you groan, God hears. And every time you cry, God puts it in the bottle. That's what the Bible says. 
He hasn't forgotten. A time comes when God's not going to take it anymore. He's going to transform everything and bring you back to his covenant promise. Amen. God said to to, uh, Moses, he said, I have heard the groanings of my people in the land of Egypt. I heard it. I don't know if they were crying out to God. It's been long. I'm not sure if they even knew God. Because if they did, why would Moses ask, what would I tell them? Who's, you know, the one, what, what's your name? Remember that? They were not remembering God. Otherwise, Moses won't be telling God, how am I going to talk to them? They are not going to, to listen to me. They knew about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but they have forgotten it for 400 years. And Moses himself, and the God of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses understood that. He had been taught that. But they hadn't seen anything of God for a long time. They hadn't. So God said, I heard their groanings. I heard as they groan under the pressure of, I mean Pharaoh, (laughs) Satan. (laughs) And, And God heard. And God says in verse 8, So I have come down. How many of you will be glad if you're going through something and God comes in your room and says, I'm down here to help you. I'm sure you will sleep well that night. <laughs> if you've been tossing back and forth, now it's, thank you Lord, I'm going to sleep. And God says, I heard their groaning, and I, need, I believe that God hasn't changed. Every time you groan, because you are a covenant child of God, you may not see him. He's down to help you. We need to believe this. God wants to help us. That's why Jesus said, I came, remember? He came down that you might have life and have it more abundantly. We hear it, but we don't believe it. We're quick, we are so quick to talk about our problems, how God seems, it seems like God is forsaking us. God's not hearing my prayer. God, we should never talk that way. We need to be trained to speak. These days I'm very keen to that. Once I hear, I keep to that. Once I hear people say things, I use like, you shouldn't be talking that way. I used to do it. There are things I may know, I find out, but I won't even tell Angela because it's not worth repeating it. What good is it? It's not like I'm keeping secret. It's not edifying. Right? It's not edifying. I don't speak it, let it die naturally. Not giving birth to it. By speaking those things, let it die. Everyone goes through difficulties, but I know I have God. I'm a covenant person. God can never forget me. Will God ever forget Abraham? No, I am Abraham. You are Abraham. You have the same covenant with him. And this is caught with the blood of Jesus of Nazareth, the son of God himself. How could you be forgotten? How? How will God not meet your needs? How? The only problem is I'm not believing him. 
I'm not trusting him. I'm not taking the covenant. The covenant was written in my heart, but I have a but for it. Yeah, I know what the Bible says, but then I go with the word but. And you speak what you see in the natural. And it's so comforting to speak what you have in the natural, expecting sympathy from men that cannot help you. And you speak all of those things into existence. Because that's what you truly believe. Why don't you speak what God... And we're so afraid of what people think. And so we're worried because what will they think? What will they say? And so you begin to complain. No! Listen to what happened in the Old Testament. They were covenant people and every time they complained, God didn't like it. And He constantly pushes them to a place... To see if they will stop complaining. They didn't. He killed all of them. Excuse me. (laughs) Oh Lord. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny, but it's true. He wiped them out. And those that will not say those things and believe that they were covenant people. Remember? Caleb and Joshua, they believed, they said, they are bread for us. We're going to eat them alive. Giants or no giants, they could kill us. We got God on our side. So that's the only thing that's, that's causing us difficulty. Notice what God says. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, out of the hands of all those demonic forces around your life. Yes. And all of those problems that have come against your life. God said, I have come down. Is he doing that only in the Old Testament? No. More so in the New Testament. Every time you're a child of God, you're trying your best to follow the master. You are a covenant child because you accepted Jesus as Lord Lord and Savior of your life. He's there constantly. He actually said, I will live in you and you in me. I'll come, I and my Father will come and make our dwelling with you. That's covenant. Relationship. Covenant is relationship based on good promises. According to the New Testament. Good, great promises. That's 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. You know how God has given us great and precious promises. That by this we might be partakers of his divine nature. You know, I I think about that scripture. His divine nature is never sick. Okay. God says through this covenant, I can partake of that divine nature. Amen, I can. I can. I can. And I shared this here before. I was always amazed at Paul. How can a man speak like this? I am in the streets. I have a desire to go home to die. We don't like talking about dying. But this guy, he could care less about death. He wants to go. He says, that's far better. Wow. I can somebody talk like that. He says, but you know, you guys need me. And, and, and that's better for you. But what's better for me is to go home, meaning die. And then he says, uh, I made up my mind. 
because I know you guys need me, I'm not going yet. How can somebody talk like that? And actually, God fulfilled that. It's like he's determining exactly when to die. And I read also when Jesus went to Gennesaret, the people recognized Jesus. They knew that Jesus, they were covenant people. And they knew Jesus had to heal them. And so they, they said, Jesus, yeah. They said, can you stay around? We're going to go get everybody that's sick and bring them to you. So they went out all that region collecting sick people. And then they brought all the sick people for Jesus to lay his hands on them. And they thought, oh my God. This is gospel according to good luck, okay? <laughs> they said, oh my God, I, we can't keep him here all this time. He's going to take a long time for, for, for him to touch every one of them and pray for them. And then they devised their own way to get healed. They said, Jesus, you just sit down and, and let them touch your clothes. We'll line up and they just fly up and touch. And he said, okay do that. They were telling Jesus how they wanted to get healed. And he agreed. You know why? They were covenant people. Is is that right? Is that right to get healed? So they can get it whichever way they want. And God says it's okay. And I don't know how long Jesus sat in that place. And probably, you know, you, you probably think Jesus was sitting there saying, if the Father hadn't sent me now, I have to sit here for two hours and only <laughs> being very sad. All these people touching my clothes and some of them are really filthy and they're touching. Nothing of that sort. I'm sure he was watching them. As the blind man goes, I say, I can see, I can see. They're high-fiving. I'm sure he was looking at them, laughing at what was going on. While others are saying, can you get through fast? Why are you holding back so much? Is it not just to touch his clothes? What's the matter with you? Touch it and move on. Move the line. Right? We forget that these were human beings like us, right? I would be screaming at the guy at the front. What's the matter? Move it. I can't wait to get well. They were covenant people. Really? It's just that we're not locking into the covenants. T.L. Osborne says, if you want to get healed like the people in Bible days, you must act and believe like the people in Bible days. God's not going to make it easier for you because you live in America and it's 2019. God understands forever, oh Lord, your word is settled. We got to go by that way. Amen? We got to go that way. You see, in, verse, in uh, uh, Exodus chapter 6, God told them, I'll take you. This is how God does it. It's not just going to deliver you so the pressure is gone. No. He's taking you someplace better. If you were hurting... When God gets through delivering you, you won't be where you were before. It's always somewhere better. I need you to believe that. 
Because you can find that in scriptures. In the Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. He told them, he says, I'll take you from this land and I'm going to plant you in a land that is flowing with milk and honey. A better place. Job went through his trial, right? When it was true, Job got rich as he was before. No, more, more. It's always more. When you, when a covenant person is a good thing, that's why I believe uh, James was saying, count it all joy when you fall into new trials, all kinds of trials. Please don't come to me, Pastor. I'm so happy. I just found new trial. It's really bad. I'm rejoicing. <laughs> and please don't tell your unbelieving friend. They'll say he's lost his mind. He's happy because he has trouble. Is that not what James says? That's what he said. But we don't act that way, right? I wonder if we decide to act that way. What will happen? Have you ever tried it? The next thing we do, most thing we immediately pick up the phone. Oh, brother, brother, it's very hard. And Jesus is saying, my yoke is easy, and my bur- the burden on me is very hard. So who is lying? Huh? He said, sister, don't say that. I am just only speaking what I know is right. It's very, the burden is too heavy on me. Why does God allow me? Well, come unto me, all you labor. Have you, have you heard that? Why don't you try it? That's the same. We know those scriptures, but we don't act on them. He says, step out of the boat and walk on water. We are trying to test the water if it will hold our weight before we step out. We just need to obey. God says in Exodus chapter 6, it says, And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. No redemption there. He just appeared to them. You know that? The covenant come from your land, uh, Genesis chapter 6, I mean chapter 12. Come, there was no blood covenant there. He just obeyed, right? So God said, I appeared to them as God Almighty. They got it and they followed. But now, I'm appearing to them as Jehovah. That's redemption. Amen? There's going to be blood. Lentil, blood of animals. That's what God is saying here, if you understand. They knew God is God Almighty. They made sacrifices to God that's in the form of worship. But initially when the promise was made, God, there was no animal killed. Not between God and Abraham. Genesis 12, 1 and 2. He just said, go. And Abraham got up the next day and left. And God blessed him. And God became his God. But God says, that's the way I dealt with them. Just God Almighty. But now, it's different. There is redemption. That's what, when it says, the Lord 
Let me go to that scripture here. And God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. Basically, I am Jehovah. Then he says, I appeared to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob as God Almighty. So that's a different name. In other words, not this Jehovah that I'm coming to you with because I am about to deliver my people from oppression. That's what they issue here. I'm about to deliver my people from oppression. But by my name, Lord, means my name Jehovah, the redemptive name of God. My name Jehovah, and we have all these Jehovah, Nisi, Jehovah, all redemptive names of God. All redemptive names of God. To take you from a place of oppression to a place of glory. That's what this is. It says, I was not known to them. They never knew that. They didn't experience that. You are about to experience something different from what they experienced. This is different. And now God has told us in, uh, in Jeremiah, I am going to make a new covenant. Okay? It's different from what they experienced. This is going to be me writing my laws in your heart. In that scripture, you can read that. God says, come out from among them. Take that sin away. You read that from, um, I believe it's um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. There are, and God says, come out from among them and I will have you. I will be your God and you will be my people. Always that. I will be your God and you will be my people. He says, I have also established my covenant with them. So I have also established my covenant with them. So that is already done. To give them the land of Canaan and the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning. So again, we're back. Every time you groan because of a problem in your home as a covenant child. That's why God says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I was saying to somebody, first means there is a second, right? God's not saying you shouldn't seek anything else. He says just seek him first. That's primary. But for many people, they say that should be, even if it's your marriage, they make marriage as if that's the primary thing. So we got to get this better. Now that's okay if marriage is done so that God gets glory. Then you know, you know what your heart, where your heart is. I don't want my marriage falling apart because it doesn't give glory to God. That's a good thing. But if all your fight is to have a good marriage and God's not part of it, that's not the way he wants it. He must be number one. And once he is number one, you will have wisdom to deal with that. Amen? Because he downloads it into your heart. That's what I believe is uh, what it means. You won't tell the other person, know the Lord. They know. He gives you wisdom. It's an amazing thing how those that are filled with the Holy Spirit, they can give counsel without going to school for counseling. Counseling is the way thing. They give counsel to people. And it's sound counsel. Amen. 
And if the people listen, they receive a miracle. Because guess who is speaking? The great counselor. He's the one speaking. So, I have established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. And the land of their pilgrimage in which they were strangers. And I have also heard their groanings. And the children of, of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians kept in bondage. And I, then he says the word, I have remembered my covenant. I have remembered my covenant. Like I said, for the New Testament person, you're just like Isaac. When you, when you become a believer... And that's what the Bible says. Now we, brethren, as what? As Isaac. We like to say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why don't you put your name there? I didn't say that. The Bible says that, right? We are like what? We're like Isaac. He is my God, just like he was the God of Isaac. That's what it says. And we, brethren, as Isaac was, we are like Isaac was. We are taking the place of Isaac. Our children of promise, just like Isaac. You see, you are a child of promise. Just like Isaac, by covenant. If God will not forget Isaac because of Abraham, how could he forget you when it was Jesus that he made a covenant with? You couldn't be forgotten. God made sure Isaac's needs were met. Remember? Even in the time of famine. Isaac wasn't praying much. God just appeared to him. Don't move. Stay here. And God is still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. We as Isaac are children of promise. And this is the other part of it. But as he who was born uh, according to the flesh, then persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, even so, it is now. Even in the church. If you get into all spiritual things, uh, like uh, John Osteen used to say, I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and my organization gave me the left foot of fellowship. They kicked me out. <laughs> it's still like that. When you start digging into God and wanting to know more, sometimes the persecution comes from your Christian brothers. How many have experienced that? They'll tell you, we think you are taking this thing too far. I've heard that. You're taking this thing too far. Is that all you talk about? Jesus, Jesus, don't you have time for anything else? Yeah. I, <laughs> I remember uh, back in Georgia, at least in Georgia, I was with uh, some of these students, and I started doing uh, uh, deliverance and some things. We were having a Bible study, and we were sitting in, in a home, and they were reading some scriptures, and they said, 
And they, they start giggling. They said, you know, I can't remember what scripture. Good luck believes so all of this. And they just, they, they giggled. And it's like I was a joke. I didn't say anything to them. And I didn't feel bad. Because I figured that they were ignorant. <laughs> Watch out for pride, right? But the funny thing is, they go on campus and they find somebody who is demonized and they say, listen, we can't help you, but we know crazy man in our church. We know somebody who is as crazy as you are. You can go meet him. He'll help you. And they call me and say, good luck, we have a problem here. We know you are the one that believes like this. They need you. And then I go. That usually happens. But see, we don't compare ourselves with others. You stay focused with what God's called you to do. I've often said this here. We're not running a group race. It's individual. You run. It's individual. Husband and wife, he's still not a group race. It's individual. Every one of us will appear before God, right? You alone. Not me and Omar. (laughs) It's different. I'm not going to hold Omar's hand. God, can you judge us both together? It's not going to work that way. It's an individual race, not a group race. We need to understand that. But the good thing about it is you pursue God they will benefit. Amen. Pursue after God, they will eventually realize we should have been doing that. They'll follow. That's what Christian love is about. You don't judge anybody, but you do what God's telling you to do. They'll follow. They'll follow. Amen. You know, covenant, covenant, God's covenant, Protects us and covers us from cruelty. Satanic cruelty. And that's what the Bible tells us. Covenant guarantees freedom from cruelty. This is what the Bible says. And I'll, I'll stop here tonight because of time. Have respect to the covenant. God has respect to the covenant. And they're speaking to God. For the dark places of the earth are full of the haunts of cruelty. Habitation of cruelty. Uh, Meeting places of cruelty. That's what the Bible says. When the covenant is enforced, they can meet as long as they want to meet. Talk about covens and all of that. They can meet. They can't do anything to you. And then I shared this before. I went into this village to have a crusade. And uh, they, they said that there is a demon. Or what we call, if you are from Africa, juju. That's the way they called it. A demon that they saw in the form of light. It bounces in front of them, and they're all scared. They have a name for it. I'd never been in that village. I didn't know something like that was there. So they told me it was a pastor that was telling me. He said, oh, good luck. You know, he's going to be really mad. 
He said, I've seen him. He was just, you know, hopping in front of me some time ago. So we need to fast and pray, he said, because he's going to be very mad for what we're about to do. I said, I don't care. I like him mad. That was in my heart. <laughs> I don't care if he's mad or not. He says, let's fast. I said, I'm not fasting for a demon. I've already fasted and prayed to my God. I'm not fasting for him. I don't have to be afraid of him. If he wants to appear before me, that's good. I have the greater light. Amen. I am the light of the world, right? Jesus said so. And I just recognize that. I'm not going to do that. And I felt if I had listened and I fasted for that, I opened the door for him because I'm operating under fear. And I wasn't afraid and I could care less what he did. Even if he appeared in the field while I was preaching, then the fight would go on. The Bible's already said, resist the devil and what? As with terror. I would terrorize him. And we did. All of us, not just me, the crusade as we danced before God. Have you been in Africa, see the way we dance? We danced before God, taking the demons says, I can't handle this. They left our town. We kicked them out of town. Have respect to the covenant. When we have respect, you know, Isaiah, Isaiah 54 tells us this. It says, they shall surely gather. But I didn't send them, not by me. And then he says, everyone, and he's not talking about humans, demons. They have their meetings and you are part of their gender. How they are going to oppress you, how they are going to tempt you, and how they will lead you into temptation. They have all this plan. But God says, if they gather against you, they will fall for your sake. So when God has respect to his covenant, I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear. I'm not going to go to sleep because they are threatening and maybe I was tired. And then all of a sudden I fell asleep. You will, oh my God, I didn't say a few words of prayer before I went to sleep. Does God need that few words of prayer? The covenant is in force. Whether I said a few words of prayer or not, the covenant is in force. And the angels are all around me. And when the demons come, they see these powerful angels. They remember what happened in heaven the other time. They say, we can't take on these guys. Always there. Stand up with me tonight. It's over. I just believe that we need to believe what the scripture has told us. And stand firm. And refuse to be afraid. If you have fear in your heart, maybe things are not going well with you in any area of life, don't think God is not aware of it. He's fully aware. He has his own time. I find the scripture, it says, in the fullness of time. There's always a fullness of time. And I remind myself, I am like Joseph. Okay? Just like Isaac. It may be just for a period of time. But my promotion is coming. Amen? I can bear it. I don't have to worry about what people think. I just have to follow my God as He leads. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And I know I'm looking at the faces of God's children here tonight. And God's with you. I want you to have that confidence. 
Have that confidence. God's with you. He'll never forget you. He'll never forsake you. The Bible tells us that. And Jesus promised us that. And you know, that's a covenant. Every promise is a covenant. Yes, every promise. That's what God said to David. Your son, there will not, or we will always have somebody. That was his covenant with David. Amen? Binding promises. Great and precious promises. Amen. Shall we lift our hands up to him tonight and just thank him that you are no longer ordinary. And you're not alone. I'm not alone. I can be happy because God's with me. I can be joyful. God's with me. All things work together for good. And I have to believe that. I love Hannah. After she heard the words of a backsliding priest, she went joyful because he used the name of God. And now God's with you and his favor upon your life. His mercies are new upon your life every morning. When you open your eyes, you got new mercy. Compassion from God. Father, we thank you today. God is such a great privilege to be called sons and daughters of the living God. Open our eyes, open our understanding, that we will fully understand these things. And refuse to be anxious, refuse to fear, refuse to be in dread. For you said, Cast your cares upon me. And you do care for us. Bless your people tonight. Let them have divine dreams. Dreams from your heart to their heart. Of a great future. Because that's what you promised. Thank you, Father, tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. Have a good evening.